Who is the next Brandon Drury? There are a few key players who could go from non-roster invite to key player this year for the Reds. We'll tell you who and why on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker, alongside Jeff Carr, and we are diehard baseball fans. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds, and we have taken our love of the game, our passion for baseball, and we have turned that passion into information for you. On today's podcast, we are going to be talking about whether or not the Reds have another surprise standout uh, in the in the wing, standing by out in Goodyear in the form of a non-roster invitee. Think Brandon Drury from last season, folks. Uh, we are also going to be taking a look at some of the pitchers that could surprise us once spring training gets underway on Valentine's Day. And we'll also be taking a look at a couple of players that, that may be starting out uh, spring training 2023 already on the bubble. Uh, before we get to any of that, I want to tell you that this episode of the Locked on Reds podcast is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked on. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on today to get started. All right, Jeff, I think a good spot to kind of dive into uh, what is going to be happening out in Goodyear as we begin to turn our attention to spring training 2023 is going to be to take a look at some of the non-roster invitees and, and maybe try to start putting our picks in for who could be the next surprise, who could be the next Brandon Drury type player that comes out of nowhere, brings the Reds a lot of value and that could potentially lead to uh, bringing in even more talent in the form of a deadline trade. Yeah, these are the guys. And, and when we talk about the guys that we've got here on today's show, we're looking at guys who we're interested in watching uh, their spring training. They could make a case to be a key player. And right now they're not expected to, they're not on the 40 man roster. They were given a minor league deal with an invite to spring training, things like that. The guys that the reds have taken literal flyers on, not necessarily the, the headline grabbing moves, but as we saw with Brandon Drury, when that happened, that was not a headline move. We were just like, yeah, whatever, Brandon Drury. Sure. That's great. And then he turned into a key run producer for the Reds last year and a key trade piece as well. So let's start with the guy who was most recently reported as a minor league sign. We're talking about Chad Pender, former Oakland athletic spent seven years with the A's and he is coming off his worst season at the plate. However, in 12, uh, I'm sorry, in 379 plate appearances, reading wrong numbers here, he had 12 homers and 18 doubles, and he slashed 235 with an OPS under uh, 700, to be sure. We're not talking about a dude who set the world on fire, but then again, that's not what Brandon Drury didn't come into the Reds setting the world on fire either. 
No, that's true. And and you talk about his, you know, his slash lines. You can talk about 12 home runs, 18 doubles, 42 RBI, and 379 plate appearances. It's not even a full season, really. So here's the thing with Chad Pinder. I think he's already going to make the team. Uh, this is the one guy that I think, and we talked about this last week also, Jeff. I think this is the right-handed platoon partner for Jake Fraley. I think barring some kind of amazing performance by somebody else, that forces the Reds' hands, they were looking at this signing as being a guy that was going to play a lot. Uh, so they're, they're looking really for this to be uh, the Brandon Drury of 2023. Uh, as far as the Reds are concerned, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how they're looking at him. So, you know, he's going to be coming at this thing from a little bit different uh, standpoint than anybody else has been where you know, there was no pressure. There were no expectations, but I think Pinder coming into this season actually does have some expectations placed upon him and he's going to have to deliver a little bit because they're going to give him playing time. Yeah. He's a guy that like our, our friend over at locked on A's Jason Burke, he was just like, so you guys think he's going to make the roster. He comes over with at least some uh, feelings attached to him that maybe A's fans might miss him. A little bit there's another guy that the reds added though and and i don't I, I i confess that i'd never heard the name until the reds made the move and he's a 29 year old guy who can play all around the field his name is jason vossler i believe i pronounced that right but jason vossler he had a 265 average in 98 at bats last season but as you point out uh the wonderful number of ops plus was pretty favorable to him well, he was good last season for a 127 OPS plus, but don't get too excited because he only has two big league seasons. And if you take his career, those two big league seasons, he has an exactly 100 OPS plus. So he is league average. He is replacement level quality. Now, that's not to say that there's not some upside or some ceiling or room to grow there. Um, obviously, last season, he performed a little bit better. Uh, his first season uh, making his debut, he did not perform as well. He was under 100, so it averaged out. Uh, right. So, you know, he's a wild card, and I think that's exactly the kind of guys the Reds are looking for, wild cards that maybe can come into camp and, and hit and show something they haven't showed up till now. So Vossler, I think, is a good candidate to do that. The, the big question with him is if he does find a way to make this team, where are they going to play him? Right. Yeah, because the advanced metrics are not kind on him defensively. He's really more – the intrigue around Vossler is the fact that he's a left-handed bat, so he would be a guy that the Reds don't have a lot of. There's a lot of righties in this lineup right now. He could present an interesting bat off the bench, but once you get to the point where they got to play defense – what are you going to do here? Is he just going to be a pinch hit extraordinaire slash DH? Well, this team's already got a lot of guys who can play DH, so it's kind of hard for me to see that happening. But an, an interesting bench bat on the left-handed side, uh, that, that could be a, a recipe for him to make the opening day roster. And those are two guys that were really, you know, they were added from another team. There's lots of guys who the Reds cut off the 40-man roster but brought back at least in the camp, guys like Matt Reynolds, guys like Austin Romine, Chucky Robinson, who could make an impact, or you could be looking at a couple of prospects that we've been talking about a lot who I don't know necessarily that they can do a lot in camp to be jumping on the opening day roster, but they could definitely make a huge uh, splash throughout the season. And, and just before we move off of, uh, of Vossler, 
One other thing to keep in mind is, you know, he could make the team out of camp based on some of the injury status uh, surrounding some of the other players, whether Joey Votto is healthy, whether some of the other guys are ready to go. uh, And he has options remaining. So he could also then go to Louisville after that and be an insurance policy. So that's another factor that could play into the long-term plan uh, of how the Reds handle him uh, moving forward. And then you talk about the prospects. So, you know, there's a couple guys that could could fight their way maybe into the conversation. Uh, you know how I feel about Matt McClain. He's one of the guys that I think is kind of on the bubble looking in as far as being able to make the team uh, this season. Uh, I don't anticipate a scenario where he breaks camp with the team unless they do the whole outfield move thing that I've been talking about all off season, uh, given the fact that Matt McClain was a center fielder in college, uh, at least part of the time uh, he could find his way into an outfield spot. If one of these other guys disappoint, if, uh, if Pinder can't get it done, if you know, he could McClain could end up being the right-handed platoon to uh, Jake Fraley, at least in 2023. Now I, I think that's a long shot, but Matt McClain could make an argument, could make a case for being on this team, depending on whether or not he's willing to move off, uh, move off of the shortstop position. I'm with, I'm with you. I think it's, it's unlikely, but I would like that more than Chad Pender. I think. I mean, I'm all for let's, let's start developing these guys. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure what else uh, Matt McClain's going to learn from facing pitchers in Louisville. So, you know, at some point it's going to be, let's throw him into the fire and let him, uh, let him develop a little bit more. Um, you know, I'm not one to want to rush prospects and set them up for failure, uh, a la Jose Barrero in the COVID year. But right. I, I am for continuing to kind of push these guys and move them along uh, where you can. And uh, McLean feels like just ripe for that opportunity. He feels, he feels to me like he's one of those guys where uh, the Reds can help nudge him along a little bit. Yeah, and I think that last year, you know, there's folks that point to some lackluster hitting statistics for him last season, but I think that was a lot of experimentation, and I think he's just going to go back to what he knows, and what he knows is he knows how to put the ball in play and avoid striking out, and I think that's going to be his calling card. He's going to be, I keep I keep going back to Jeff McNeil, who just got paid this offseason, that I, I think that Matt McClain could absolutely be that type of a hitter. And the other guy that has a outside shot again, we both think that Matt McClain and Christian Encarnacion strand don't necessarily have the greatest odds to make the opening day roster, but I am extremely interested in watching how their spring training goes. You know, CES could come in and find himself, uh, with an opportunity to go steal a spot, at least to start because, uh, Joey might not be ready. Votto could start the season on the uh, injured list. And if that happens, it frees up a spot and CES could play first base for the Reds on opening day. I mean, it, it stranger things have happened. Uh, I don't think both of these guys could make the team. I think one of these guys can make enough noise in spring training to fight their way onto the roster. And then it becomes a, a matter of where is the need? If the Reds decide that Will Myers will be the first baseman until Joey Votto returns, that frees up an outfield spot that benefits Matt McClain. Uh, if they decide they would rather just uh, keep Will Myers in the outfield, 
and fill the position at first base, that gives CES the inside track, I think, to fight his way onto the roster. So some of this depends on what David Bell does. Some of this depends on how Nick Crawl really wants to build out this roster uh, and to have the maximum amount of options for David Bell. Uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, chess playing, and chess playing has been in the forefront of the Twitter timeline the last couple of days if you're following Joey Votto online. So we'll, we'll kind of stick with that theme and, and say that uh, the chess pieces, we're going to have to look two and three moves ahead to kind of figure out what the Reds and David Bell are going to do filling some of these roster spots as we make our way through spring training. Yeah, and and as we kind of broke down some different guys, I think I, I agree with you. I think that Chad Pender has the best shot of making the opening day roster. I'm not necessarily sure that I think he has the best chance to be Brandon Drury, so I don't think we have a concrete feeling as to a position player and how they can step up and be Brandon Drury. But I tell you what, there's a lot of pitchers that came into the that are coming into camp as non-roster invites, and I think that there's one, maybe even two of them, that could have a massive impact for the Reds in 2023, and we're going to tell you exactly who that is and why coming up next. Before we talk about that, though, I want to tell you about our sponsor today, and that is Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, then you've got to try a Built Bar. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. Perfect for New Year's resolutions, because if you're like me, you got to have the sweets in there as well with all of the healthy stuff. And Built fits right in because they've got great tasting candy bars that also hit all of those amazing macros. And you're talking about 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein in most of their bars. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about how you can go to built.com and order your box. You can still do that, by the way, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to the nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. Let's get you a puff right now. Or if you're close to a Sam's Club, you can grab a 13-bar box and hit our flavors like brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. Coming up tomorrow. Could Joey Votto star in a sequel to a popular Netflix show? We'll speculate wildly. But you know what, Steve, as we are speculating about non-roster invitees and guys who can make impacts on the 2023 Reds roster, we talked about the position, guys. Let's look at some pitchers because there's a few pitchers to watch out for in camp who can make their way onto this opening day roster who aren't currently on the 40-man. It, and it's interesting because there is a interesting there is an uh, an interesting narrative developing uh, in regards to these non roster invitee starting pitchers, uh, and that is the fact that Andrew Abbott is really gaining some momentum when you look at what's being talked about on the Reds team site. Uh, Mark Sheldon has a, a spring training primer out where he talks about the new faces in camp and also talks about uh, top prospects being invited into camp and he talks about Andrew Abbott, but he doesn't talk about Levi Stout. And I find that very interesting because uh, 
I think that Mark Sheldon, more than any of the other beat writers, gets a lot of his info directly from the Reds front office about what's going on. He works for MajorLeagueBaseball.com. They're the, the writing partner of the team, and he's talking about Andrew Abbott versus Levi Stout. So now we're going to be talking about Andrew Abbott versus Levi Stout. And with Andrew Abbott, you get a guy that's coming off a 10-7 and record with a 3.81 ERA in 25 outings last season that's good for 159 strikeouts jeff and 48 walks not bad so right that strikeout to walk we talk about that all the time so uh, you know interestingly enough we've been we've been setting up this offseason a brandon williamson levi stout battle for the the fifth spot in the rotation and i think andrew abbott has entered the chat yes he has and he's a guy that's had a graham ashcraft like rise through the reds farm system there's a lot of folks that Think very highly of him outside of just the of what Mark Sheldon's been writing and things like that. He is a guy who could make this rotation, and I don't necessarily know that it's that much of a stretch to think so. Now, there is a guy that I think that it, it is kind of a stretch. We'll talk about him in just a moment. But with Andrew Abbott, I think that he fits the mold. You, you mentioned it in the first segment. The Reds really need to figure out what they've got in these controllable guys who they're going to have for five or six years or, you know, whatever the years of control end up being with them. And Andrew Abbott is at the forefront of that. He is very easily a guy who could fit into future rotation plans. And while it's cool to think about Brandon Drury types, Andrew Abbott could be just a Andrew Abbott type, a guy who comes in and sticks in the rotation. This could be even more so exciting than just talking about a dude who comes out of nowhere and makes a huge impact on this team. Because when Andrew Abbott, whenever he starts that impact, it's going to last for much longer than just a year. Is that the, is that the Graham Ashcraft effect is, 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 is what Graham Ashcraft did last season comparable in your mind anyway, to what Brandon Drury did last season, as far as coming out of nowhere and, and, and really surprising with, with statistics. And I think, you know, obviously we we have the an overarching thought of who's the next Brandon Drury for today's podcast episode, but I think what Graham Ashcraft did is more valuable than what Brandon mm-hmm. Drury did because Graham Ashcraft's going to continue to do that. And there's encouraging reports from Bobby Nightingale that he has spent all offseason working on a fourth pitch, a split change type pitch, which is just phenomenal news. And I can't wait to see how that works out. But he is a guy that is going to be a huge key to this team. Like we're talking about dudes who within the margin can help out this team. Graham Ashcraft is a driver of the success of this team. And he is so much more valuable than any Brandon Drury type performance could ever lend itself to be. So in that same thought process, then is there somebody else amongst the starting pitcher candidates that you would be willing to, maybe give a a dark horse label to a outside shot kind of guy that could come in and maybe make some noise to grab that fifth rotation spot. This guy, if you, if you want to talk about way down the dark horse list and and, and have him listed on our rundown as a wild card, because there's a lot of different things that this guy could be, but according to a lot of different scouts and, and prospect prognosticators, the best pitching prospect in the Reds organization is Connor Phillips. He is a dude, and we're talking dark horse. He is not a guy who is currently on the radar. He is not a guy that I think they're expecting to be in this conversation, but he's got the talent. He's got the stuff. 
It's just he has that big question about him is the fact that his walk rate is astronomical. And he's a guy that, you know, we talked with Tom Nichols a couple of times last year, and he would tell us, he's like, he is amazing to watch because he will be the guy who walks the bases loaded and then strikes out the side. He's just got this ability to work around that, and I think that he could be a dark horse in the conversation for the rotation. You know, I talked about Matt McClain being a guy that I felt like needed to be nudged along and wouldn't benefit from any more time in the minor leagues. Uh, I don't think that about Connor Phillips. I think he still needs to work on some command and control issues. Uh, You mentioned it with when you talked about that he walks a lot of batters. His strikeout to walk ratio is not where I think it needs to be to warrant a promotion to face better hitters. You know what I mean? So so for me, I think he's going to be a guy that could make some noise to come up when there's an injury later on, when uh, somebody gets a little arm fatigue later in the season past the all-star break at least i think then we're going to be talking about connor phillips uh so with that being said that frees up a spot for maybe like a guy like ben lively who is on the non-roster invitees to come in and at least make some noise to get to to get a spot on this team at least early on and i think so too because he is a guy that would fit the brandon jury mold not necessarily the kind of dude that you're expecting to be a uh, you know, a future piece to this rotation, but could he come up and catch fire a little bit? Possibly so. I mean, think about Connor Overton before the injury last year. Nobody expected anything from this guy. I mean, coming over from Pittsburgh, barely pitched for even them. You're like, what What are we getting here? Ben Lively pitched a tiny little bit for the Philadelphia Phillies before he came into the Reds organization. And I think he's gotten a couple of relief appearances, but he started mostly last year in AAA and he made 18 starts and he had 77 innings with 79 strikeouts and only 28 walks. I like that ratio, and that's maybe a guy who I don't even know that I'd say he's in the top five of possible fifth starters, but like we said, dark horse, guy who could fit in there and guy who could sneak in, sneak on in. Remember 2019 when the hashtag was sneak on in? Maybe Ben Lively sneaks on into the rotation. Now, we've spent some time here talking about the rotation, Jeff, but there could be a couple bullpen spots up for grabs, especially depending on the health status of guys coming back from injury, TJ Antone, Lucas Sims, Tony Santion. If any of those guys suffer setbacks or if they're not quite ready, there's going to be a couple spots in the bullpen. Uh, Does anybody on the list of uh, possible uh, replacements jump out at you as guys that could come in and have, um, you know, uh, Alexis Diaz type rises to uh, the bullpen. There's a dude in, and I don't have him listed as first on our rundown here, but honestly, the more that I keep thinking about it, he's got the thing. And you always look for, when you're talking about a dude to come out of nowhere, you want that dude to have something, have, have an X factor about him. Tehran Guerrero, a guy that the Reds signed, he pitched in Japan last year, pitched as, and they signed him as a non-roster invitee this year. He touches 104 on the radar gun. Like, if you're looking for a dude with an X factor, 104, I'll take that. We can work with that. If he, he he might have a little bit of command issues, he did have a 63 to 20 strikeout to walk ratio in 46 innings in Japan last season. So I'm curious to see how his performance translated a little bit. But if you're telling me you can pull a guy in and, and he would be a sixth inning reliever, seventh inning really, you know, not necessarily supposed to be a setup guy right out of the gate but you're telling me in the sixth inning you can bring in 104 
I'm, I'm in on that. That's definitely a much better bullpen than we've uh, experienced the last several seasons. If you got a guy in the middle innings that can come in and throw that hard, I, I don't know that that's how it's going to shake out, but it's just fun to think about at least for here, the early stages of February. Yeah. And, and, and the bullpen is going to be such, I mean, that's going to be a revolving door. I mean, they've got some other guys. There's, there's one other dude that I noted. He comes, he comes over from the Rays barely pitched for the Rays, but he has experience as a starter and a reliever. So he could kind of be the guy who could do like a swing man role. He's a soft thrower though. So he's not, you know, none of the stuff is really going to stand out to you, but he did have a nice strikeout rate at AAA, and that's Kevin Herget. I'm saying all this stuff about him. I haven't said his name yet. Kevin Herget, not not Jimmy Herget, the guy that the Reds traded to the Angels for um, Mark uh, Marcus Goodwin, but uh, we're talking about uh, Kevin Herget, who he's got decent command around the zone, not going to walk a lot of guys but he's also not going to just absolutely blow you away with his stuff. He is a solid, not spectacular pitcher kind of fits that mold of, you know, could he be a Brandon Drury type performer? Well, I know there's a lot of opportunity for a lot of guys, especially depending on what happens uh, with folks coming back from injury. I think I'm most excited about the narrative narrative that's developing around Andrew Abbott. Uh, he seems to have had a, a Graham Ashcraft like uh, rise through the system of late. And now that more and more people are talking about him, I, I think it's possible that he can make an impact for the Reds as early as this season. But for any of these guys to make the roster, uh, somebody's got to go. Uh, the Reds 40 man roster currently sits at 40. So who is in danger of losing their 40 man roster spot to one or multiple of these players? We're going to tell you who and why coming up next. But before we get to that, I want to tell you about one of the sponsors of today's podcast, and that is FanDuel. Uh, This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We are really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. You can download FanDuel now so that you can uh, bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. Uh, You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets uh, if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the muddy line to the point spread to who will score a touchdown. FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, uh, you can get paid your winnings instantly as soon as the game is over. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the National Football League. And now that sports betting is legal in Ohio, uh, Locked On has you covered for getting the perfect bet in place. It's the perfect show to help new and seasoned gamblers. You can download and subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast for daily picks and analysis. It's available wherever you get your podcast, just like Locked On Reds. Speaking of Locked On Reds, you can follow the show on all platforms, including YouTube. If you're watching us on YouTube, thank you so much. We appreciate you being here. Click subscribe. Click the notification bell so you know what's going on as soon as we post anything. 
Also, make sure you are following us for uh, in-between show conversations. You can follow me on Twitter at S. Offenbaker. That's with two Fs. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's a Jeff with three Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. All right, uh, Jeff, we have talked about guys that can make a case to be on this roster come opening day. But in order for that to happen, somebody's got to go. Uh, the Reds right now have the 40-man roster loaded down at the maximum number of players at 40. So if any of these guys make the team out of camp, someone has to move off the roster. Now, they can do that in a couple cases with players, if they're still injured, there are some guys that would qualify to slide back onto the 60 day DL if they're not ready come opening day. Uh, but I don't think that's going to free up a lot of spots. If, if all of the reports are accurate, a lot of these guys that were out injured are going to be ready to go. So there's not going to be a lot of spots freed up that way. And that just means guys are going to have to be outright cut from the 40 man roster. Yeah, I think that um, you, you could guarantee at least one spot's going to open up because Vladimir Gutierrez will go back to the 60-day IL as he is still recovering from Tommy John. I, I'm not so sure anybody else does. I mean, we're hoping, fingers crossed, because you're talking about TJ Antone. If he's not ready for opening day, maybe he goes on the 15-day IL, but I can't see him going back on the 60 and being well, out he could, until he could, he could retroactive back onto the 60 because he hasn't pitched all last year so it would be retroactive so they could just use it as a you know sleight of hand roster move to free up a spot until they're okay. ready to put him back on could be that could be that i'm i'm still i i wonder about how that all is going to work could be you know joey Votto maybe gets the retroactive thing there's a chance that that happens but i still think that we're looking at a couple of guys that may be on the chopping block per se, because this is not a situation like you could say, well, some of these guys have options. They could start in triple a, but this is a case that, you know, Chad Pender probably going to be on the opening day roster. You might be looking at a couple of those pitchers that we mentioned getting added to the 40 man roster, which means that you're going to have to take guys off of it because options only work. If you're moving them from triple a off the 26 man active roster, 40 man is there's no such thing as an option off of that. So the number one guy that I'm looking at, and, and I hate to say this because the small sample size enticed me. I, I wanted to see a little bit more from Stuart Fairchild than I saw last season, but with them bringing in Chad Pender, I think that's kind of the writing on the wall that they're not looking to give Stuart Fairchild that right-handed platoon spot, at least directly out of camp. Yeah, if Pinder makes this team, I think it's going to be a one for one with Stuart Fairchild. Uh, Pinder will come on to the 40 man Fairchild will go off. I also not sure there's a lot of danger in the Reds losing Fairchild. I guess it could happen. But, um, you know, he seems like a guy that might just slide right on through waivers and could go to Louisville and and be around for a while. So uh, I probably agree with you. He's probably the number one candidate to uh to have that happen to him because you know he showed us a little bit of flashes but i think at the end of the day there's just too many unanswered questions to really rely on him to be the other half of that platoon so i'm glad the reds went out and at least got somebody to compete for that job now maybe it motivates fairchild maybe he co comes into camp having seen this signing and uh has been really working hard to make sure that he's not the guy that gets sent out and that would be great uh but I do like that the Reds didn't just kind of sit on their hands and say, well, we've got our we've got our guy out there. Uh, they at least went out and tried to make it a little interesting. 
Yeah, it, if if I were Stuart Fairchild, I would have looked at the Chad Pender move and be like, okay, this is it. This is the guy that I got to beat out here in camp because I see no realm of reality that Chad Pender and Stuart Fairchild are on the same roster. That just it doesn't compute to me. And then another guy, and it's uh, a little bit ironic because we talked about how weird it was that he was included on the Reds caravan, but I think Alejo Lopez is kind of on the chopping block. Like I like what we, we talk about this. We like his skill set. We like what he does, but the Reds just continually show us that they're not that into it. Yeah. For whatever reason, he has failed to impress the people that it really matters for him to impress. And that's David Bell and Nick Crawl. Uh, yeah. He seemingly has not impressed those guys. So I like that he was willing to go out on the caravan tour. I think that was a smart move on his part to try yeah. and, uh, you know, uh, endear himself to the fan base a little bit to maybe help the Reds make a decision. But ultimately, I think the role we've always wanted for Aleo Lopez was that super utility, scoot around, play multiple positions, get a lot of playing time that way. And of course, now that's the role that you and I kind of foresee for Spencer Steer. Yeah. So if it's a choice between Spencer Steer and Aleo Lopez, um, it's not really a choice. It's Spencer Steer. So for me, Aleo Lopez could find himself being the odd man out. Now, I think if they put him up for waivers, I think he's the kind of player that another team is going to take a flyer on. I think someone will scoop him, especially if it's done. Yeah, yeah, especially if it's done right at the end of spring training when people are looking to fill an injury hole or, or fill a spot where a guy that they thought they were going to have just didn't quite work out. Um, I could see him scooping up a Leo Lopez in that scenario. So um, I think uh, of this list you've put together, he is maybe in the most danger of getting scooped. Should he be exposed to waivers? There's two other guys. And, and one of them I think was added to the 40 man roster out of necessity last year due to all of the injuries. And I think sheer that's why desperation, let's call it what it was. Absolute yeah. desperation yeah. at the end of the season. Like, I, I love the minor league career of Mike Siani, but he just hasn't shown that he can hit and, and he's got to be on the list of potential cuts for that reason. I know that he's got otherworldly defensive capabilities, but there's just no such thing in today's MLB as a glove first center fielder. It just doesn't exist anymore. That's not a position that you can justify having a weak bat at. And then the other guy is in the bullpen and that's Ian Jabot. I was kind of surprised that he was kept to be honest with you. I thought he was going to be a 40 man uh, casualty back whenever the rule five draft, whenever you had to add, the guys to protect from there but the fact that he's still there i think that the reds are interested in his replacement level abilities but at the end of the day if there is a guy like tehran guerrero who shows 104 in camp and shows that he's not going to walk a ton of people at 104 then i'm much more interested in that i think you're right uh mike siani is going to be removed from the 40-man roster and nobody's going to scoop him there's nobody that's going to uh, you know, be that interested in a guy that can't hit. Uh, I think that Siani will be in AAA Louisville and maybe hopefully figures out how to be a contributor. Ian Jabot, yeah, he's probably the first guy on the chopping block out of the bullpen. If any of the other guys prove that they can be better, uh, I was with you a little surprised that he managed to stick around throughout the entire offseason, uh, but here we are. So, you know, I think it's his job to lose. Uh, it's going to depend on how he pitches versus how other guys pitching. And we find ourselves, this is a very weird year, Jeff, where... 
the spring training stuff is going to matter a little bit more than it has in the past. And yes. I don't know how I feel about that because, you know, as we've always talked about, spring training statistics are really not very meaningful. So I think it's going to be a lot of eye test, a lot of how a guy looks, uh, who's in the best shape of their life and who's yeah. not. Those are going to be the things we're looking at as we head uh, into pitchers and catchers reporting here on Valentine's Day, just a few days away now, one week exactly from today as we record and the trouble with the eye test is there's only going to be like eight games on tv we're going to have to do a lot of uh, radio listening and seeing what uh, tommy and the cowboy are saying about some of these guys because you're right this spring training is much more intriguing and much more important than it has been in years past because there's so many guys and that's why we're talking about the margins of this roster because there is no set plan for the margins of this roster and and whoever makes it on opening day I would bet money that they're not going to be hanging around all season because there's going to be a lot of turnover, not necessarily like last year because of the injuries or because the Reds are going to, you know, make a fire sale and trade everybody, but because there's so much talent moving through the farm system that the Reds need to figure out what they have. And we're going to see a lot of interesting dudes come through great American ballpark this season. It's only going to begin in good. Year, so oh I'm yeah. The, 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 the team that breaks camp is not going to be the team that finishes up at the end of the 2023 regular season. Totally agree there, Steve. And that bombshell is where we're going in today's podcast. Thanks, everybody, for joining in today. If this is your first time checking us out, make sure that you hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss anything we've got coming for you as spring training gets started next week. Now. Go make your second lesson locked on MLB prospects. Lindsey Crosby has you covered on the stars of tomorrow, and he's going to give you all of the analysis that you need for uh, some great stuff as guys are coming through the minor leagues. That's locked on MLB prospects, just like locked on Reds, free and available on all platforms. Coming up tomorrow, will Joey Votto star in a Netflix sequel? We'll speculate wildly. Until we do that, though, Steve, what can people expect from you and me? Well, the camps are firing up. Spring training is upon us, and they can expect us to be locked in on the transactions, locked in on the rumors, locked in on the performances, locked in on the stats, and keeping all of the listeners locked on Reds every single day.